Hi folks, this is Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. Today is uh, May 23rd, 2014, and this is episode uh, 1353 of the Survival Podcast. Due to uh, a variety of things, today's episode will be different. There won't be an intro segment, there won't be a history segment, there won't be advertising, um, I'm just going to talk to you guys a little bit about what's going on right now. And uh, the show will probably be a little bit shorter than uh, than usual. It's 1.30 and I'm just now turning on the microphone. We ran the launch for the Perma Ethos PDC today. And as of 1.27, I don't believe that we have sold out, but I think we're damn close. I know we're probably over 900 of the thousand. Um, I have been working like an absolute lunatic um, since 12 o'clock, uh, when we pulled the trigger, actually I'd say a good hour before 12, before we pulled the trigger on this, um, I, uh, started working on, uh, on getting everything squared away and, and helping people who were asking things at the beginning. And you guys hit the server and the, uh, server crashed. It, it pretty much, you know, it didn't really crash. Um, some people were getting right in. Some people were having a hard time. Um, just for people that maybe are new to the show and you're like, what is this all about? Uh, the Survival Podcast, you know, as of today, as I said when I started out today, has done 1,353 episodes. Uh, the show will have its six-year anniversary, believe it or not, in less than a month. June 20th, 2014 will be our sixth anniversary. Along the way, um, we've done a lot to try to build up sustainable living in the lives of our members and our communities, uh, trying to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. With the concept of we're not waiting for the collapse to rebuild, we're, we we know that society has problems, and, and in some ways we're going to build, you know, re, start rebuilding before the collapse. Uh, I do an awful lot to help people develop sustainability in their lives, everything from backyard gardens to full-on permaculture systems. About a year ago, I came up with the idea for something called Perma Ethos, a libertarian-oriented permaculture-style community. It went through several permeations in my mind before we actually realized, like, okay, that one's not going to work because of government. And then this one's not going to work because of government. We came up with a model that we have now, and that model is that Permaethos manages, develops, and implements permaculture and designs for permaculture farms. Uh, permaculture, for those new to the world, means that we build things with certain ethics and drivers behind us, permanent agriculture, permanent culture. We do things so that the system continues to work and function with a minimal to zero outside inputs. And when we do things that way, we're taking into account the prime directive of the permaculture concept, which is taking responsibility for ourselves and that of our children. And boy, did that happen today. Um, the other thing we do is we follow three ethics, and these are the three ethics that drive everything that we do in permaculture. We don't harm the earth, so we care for the earth, and that doesn't mean eco-activism, environmentalist nonsense. That means in our own actions, we do things in a way that are friendly to the earth. So we don't dump poison on the, on the ground, we improve fertility. We don't harm people, so care of people is the second ethic. That means that when we're doing something, if it harms people, it's not permaculture. And if we figure out it's hurting someone, we stop doing it. So we don't hurt others and we don't hurt the planet. 
and we reinvest our surplus to the end of the first two. That means that as we produce abundances, we reinvest them. We don't redistribute them. This is not socialism. This is community-based decision-making and determining this surplus can be reinvested right back into what we're doing to produce more, or this surplus can be invested to building another farm, or this surplus can be invested to improve fertility. And that's really the drivers of permaculture. And with that in mind, we decided we would, we would build a farm. And then we met Charlie and Kevin, who said, we have a farm. It's paid for. What, about, what if we all partner together and we make this the first one? And we went to West Virginia, myself, Josiah Wallingford, and Nick Ferguson about two and a half months ago. And we looked at the place and went, this is challenging. There's more elevation changes here than you know we're used to. And putting in dams is going to be challenging. And doing earthworks is going to be challenging. And running animals is going to be challenging. But, oh, my God, what a showcase this will be. 110 acres of beauty in the mountains of West Virginia. And we all came to an agreement this is where we were going to make it happen. And as we did that, we decided that what we would do in order to help fund the company and build community around the company was put together a permaculture design course like nothing that had ever been done before. Instead of whiteboards and PowerPoints, that Josiah would be up there running the farm, and he would teach it the 14 modules, 72 hours of instruction, on the farm. And he would do that, and Nicholas and I would respond to your questions in a member's area and give you answers. And we decided to do that. And we decided to sell that for $300 to a 1,000 people. And today we launched that. And at 1.32 p.m., I think we're damn close to sold out. And if we're not, we will be before I finish recording today. Um, I'm in the PayPal account. I can see what's going on, so to speak, but I can't really see the total number of sales because of the way that Joe set it up. I'm not sure where in the account that is, but I know I just heard from somebody that was it was uh, uh, member 883, and that was quite a bit ago. Um, I'm blown away. I'm blown away by this. And, and I want to talk to you about what Permanent Ethos is going to be able to do now today. That's what I want this Friday to be about. I want your, your Friday to be as good as my Friday, because my Friday is pretty damn good right now. Um, I feel like the Grinch in the, the Christmas movie, except I was never that much of a jerk or anything, but you know how the Grinch's heart swells up three times? That's how I feel right now as I, as I sit here and think about the way this community came together uh, to make this happen. And I, I'm left with a decision. Um, I've heard from a lot of you guys having technical issues trying to sign up today and things like that. And um, being that we're going to sell it in two hours, do I do I add some more available spots for founders? I know this. If I do it, I can't do it at the same price. It's not fair to the people that work their butt off to get in at 300 bucks. Maybe it's 400, 450. I don't know. Uh, but maybe Monday we open it up, to, or maybe we do Monday because it's a holiday. And maybe we say we'll take another 200, 300 people. I don't know. And I'm not saying we're going to do it. I'm going to talk to my partners. It certainly would put more funding into the company and – it would make the community bigger, which is, you know, we want the community to be big. It's not like we can't, ha we can only have so many, though. And, and I've had a lot of people emailing me already and asking me, Jack, why, why would you cap this, you know? Um, and here's the fundamental reality. We know that not everybody that takes this course is going to submit a design. We know that. But we know a lot of you will. Every single person that gets all the way through the course submits a design for certification. Your design has to be reviewed by the instructors, has to be critiqued, and we might send it back to you and say, hey, we need you to do this, this, and this, and we, we're not just going to rubber stamp it. It's not fair to you if we do. 
So there's a certain amount of work that has to be done per student uh, as far as time availability. And, and again, that's that's going to be Nick and I doing more critique probably than your instructor Josiah because Josiah's got a farm to run. Um, so so there's there is that component to it. Um, but if there's that much interest, then maybe we could open some more slots. I'd like to know mostly from the people who did sign up how you feel about that. Because I made a commitment to you, a thousand members and a price and certain benefits. And the only thing that would change if I made more spots available would be the people that come in after you would have to pay more. Because I feel like there should be something there to reward the people that did things like took work off today just to be home and just to be there. I And, and maybe we don't do it at all. I don't know. I don't know. But I want to hear from both sides. But if you're a founder now, if you got through and you signed up and you think it's fine or you have a problem with it, I want you to email me and put Ethos Founder in the subject line and send me that email, and that will help us make a decision on this because – On some some ways, I do want to broaden the community a little bit more, and I did not expect this. I thought that, you know, somewhere through the weekend we might sell out. We might sell 80%. Um, the fact that we sold over 700 in the first hour, uh, and we were only doing this with MSB members, I I can't even begin to tell you how blown away by that I am. But let's talk about what this means now. This means that everything we said we could do with Permaethos, we can freaking do it. That's what this means. That's what this means. This means that we have the money for the portable infrastructure for the livestock, that we have the money to pay a Hollywood-level video producer, a guy with over 20 years of making movies in Hollywood, to come live on site and get this done for you in a top-notch, unbelievable way. And that gives us the springboard and the ability to do other courses This means we absolutely can bring you the, the B course in the future with Michael Jordan uh, teaching that, the Bee Whisperer. This is a man who's traveled the world teaching people about bees. He knows more about bees than ever, any other 10 beekeepers I've ever heard talk at the same time. He is the ultimate bee guy. Um, it means that Nicholas Ferguson, is. we're going to be able to set him up to do the, the, the course and program for those of you that want to go into plant propagation and small nurseries from the backyard nursery to the small one two acre you know more commercialized nursery to teach you everything that he knows about plant propagation and running a nursery and this is a, a guy that's in his 30s but yet has over 20 years of experience in horticulture because he's been working in that industry since he was 14 years old um this means that the perma ethos label is going to go all around the country within a year Because not only are we going to have the products and produce that we're going to be producing in Elijah Springs Farms, we're going to have people setting up nurseries and apiaries and being able to produce product with our label as their partner um, you know, all over the country to springboard what we're doing because we can only build farms of this size so fast. This means we've got a proven model and a proven community. And this means if we do look at doing more farms, when I go tell somebody that we can make things happen, we'll be able to prove it on the financial side. And by the end of this year, we'll be able to prove it, prove it on the agricultural side. This means that for the first time, I believe, in America, 
permaculture has put in a, a, a footing that has said we're not going to go away. We're not a bunch of freaking hippies chewing granola and eating soy and then claiming we're all about sustainability. We are liberty-minded individuals that are interested in developing our own communities, our own businesses, and our own economies in a sustainable way that really matters. And we want to be able to produce the type of food that America is looking for but cannot find. And we want to be able to set people up with their own individual business units, and we're going to be able to do that. And the amount of gratitude that I have for this community because of that is beyond words. It is, I, there is nothing I can say other than thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, I, I just sit now and think, By God, we will be good stewards of these people's confidence and their money. By God, we will. We will make this work for as many people as we can. We may not go as fast as some of you would like with expanding, but if we, if we don't control that speed, we won't do it with the quality that's necessary. Um, one of the reasons I had a lot of people say, I've got a farm, it's bigger. I got a farm, it's easier. Um, one of the reasons that we partnered with Charlie and Kevin and, and their families was because, number one, they were business people that understood business. Number two, these are guys that have listened to the show like since day one. So they really knew what they were getting into with me, Crazy Jack. Um, but number three, when I said, look, we're going to screw some stuff up. Um, we're, you know, when they said, where are we going to sell everything? We're going to have to develop a market. I don't know. We're going to figure it out as we go along. What's this going to cost? I don't know. We're going to hire a consultant that does it for a living and they're going to come in with a spreadsheet and show us how to do this. But we have to figure a lot of this out as we go along. And this first one has to be so that when we do a second farm and we say, we're going to need you to allocate a budget of X, Y, and Z And all those questions come from that second farmer or second farm owner. We can answer them because right now we can't. We know we can do it. We can know it, we can do it profitably. We know that it's been done elsewhere. We know how to get it done. And we know we can bring funding to get things done in this challenging environment. But a lot of it, we have, since we're going to do something that's never quite been done this way, we have to figure it out on the ground. And they were okay with that. They were okay putting up the housing, putting up the resources, and taking a risk with us as, as partners in the company under those circumstances. And then when Kelly Heron, a, a man, again, who's got decades of experience in Hollywood producing Hollywood videos, said, I want to be part of this. I want to film this. And said, you know what? You guys contract me at 50K for a year, I'll live there for a year. I'll produce this and I'll produce other video content additionally. And we cut a little royalty with him on the back end for that. And, you know, people look at that and say, well, $50,000 to, to do that. Um, in Hollywood, they're, you know, the going rate is about $1,000 a minute for completed footage. You got that? $1,000 a minute for completed footage. And this course without the Q&A from Nick and I, is 72 hours. You know, we're not messing around with a kid 
with a Canon camera that we bought on Amazon and handed to him and said, go, go nuts with it. We're talking about a guy that's bringing in aerial drones to do flyovers of things like our earthworks and our housing and our setup and our design. Um, the fact that that's even possible. Let's I mean, forget what he costs. That a guy that has that life in Hollywood right now says, I'll leave that and go live in a tiny house in West Virginia for a year to be part of what you're doing. That doesn't just happen. That doesn't just happen. There has to be more going on for, for these type of dynamics that we've had come together and play out to be going on. I spent over 30 years of my life, almost 40 years of my life, working as hard as any human being could work and being miserable. Uh, those of you that were with me when I started this show back in 2008 know that my history in marketing and sales is one of success. I was in my mid-upper 30s then. I don't even know how old I am now. I think I'm 42 or 43, whatever it is. Um, I had worked for many companies in high-level positions with salaries above six figures. I got my first job like that. I broke the first six-figure income in my life when I was... 26 years old without a college degree. Um, I had a life that people considered very, very successful. Even people that knew me before that really got switched on. People that knew me when I got out of the Army and I was a broke kid and I worked in a warehouse packing boxes for $6 an hour that witnessed me get into sales, get into communications, and work my way into that level of success were like, wow, man, unbelievable. That's, that's, that's great. Um, and I'm lucky I've been surrounded by mostly people in my life that when they see me be successful or when they see someone else be successful, like, that's great. Because there's a lot of people in this world, when they see success, they like, oh, well, it must be nice. And I think that's so sad for that person because they're not going to ever have success because of that attitude. But all of, all through that pathway from, you know, 26 up to my, you know, 36, 37, 38 years of age, I had this great life. If anybody would look at it, nice house, cars, and what have you. And I made a lot of money and I was an ethical human being. And that was partly why I was miserable because until I at least had my own company, which, which I did for the last four or five years, uh, before I left even that, I had to do things a lot of times that I, I didn't want to do, especially in sales. Like when I worked for Fluke, I had to sit down and have dinners with people and, and, and kiss the ass of men who I didn't want to shake the hand of because um, I was required to do it. And I had to listen to the backdoor deals and things like that. But the bigger problem for me was I would look out, and even when we would put together a product and do really good selling it, and, and, and then, okay, we made money, I'd say, well, what the hell did I accomplish? People say, what do you mean, what do you accomplish? Look at, look, at, look at your lifestyle. Look at your family. Look at Your kids are happy. Isn't that good enough? And one day, I finally got the balls to admit the answer was freaking no. It wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough because I think if you're a talented human being and you have had success in your life, you don't need the government to take away party success and give it away. 
But you sure as hell seem to me to have an obligation to do something beyond yourself with your talent and your blessings. And when I started doing TSP, I realized I found that. And instead of saying, okay, well, now that I've got that, I'll just kind of kick back and coast with it. I worked harder, I think, in the last six years than I did in the 12 years that preceded it. And today, I think I just saw a dividend. That's, that's the way I see it. I saw a dividend today. And it's not for me. It's about that bigger than myself goal. I, I sit and I look at this and I realize that if I wanted to do something like this and create this kind of a, a, a revenue stream, I probably could have done it two years ago for myself. Instead of with partners and in a company where the money is designed to be invested and, and developed and, and go forward and build more and more and more of these farms and more communities and more success for other people. But I probably could have made this kind of money in, in, in a product launch a year or two ago, doing something, again, that would have been much easier and then it would have been, you know, my success. But then I would be back where I started. That today, the success is about, all right, now what do we do next? Who do we help? How do we build more? How do we do this right? And how do we get to a point where the fact that we can go in and take a piece of land and turn it into a small operating profitable community is considered, of course they can. How do we get to a point where we have people that are willing to go out and not just acquire or take the land that they have and make it available to us, but either through their own individual finances or through their own little consortium, put together a budget and say, come here and do it here. How do we do it at the same time where we've developed enough talent and expertise in a pool of labor that not only do we have the people asking, because we already do, but we also have a staff and we can go, we can start on that property on January 1st next year and here's the people we're going to send there. Because now we have to build the talent pool. Now we have to build the talent pool. There's a severe lack of talent in, 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 this, in this, this world right now. There really is. Because it's, it's beyond just the permaculture design course that some of you have or will be taking with us. It's the, the practical application of a working, functioning, full-on permaculture community farm. And how do we develop people like Joe that can be a steward of a farm like that in enough numbers to capitalize on it? So that not only can we do it, but that we have a waiting list of people <clears throat> with, with property and funding. And how do we do it so that every time we, we, we take one into the fold and flip it into a profitable situation, that some portion of that profit is allocated to the end of doing it again and doing it again and doing it again. So that when somebody says to us, why don't you do this as a nonprofit? We say because nonprofits are for charities. We don't have charity here. We have investment here. We invest in the land. We invest in our people. We invest in communities. We're not looking for a handout. We're not looking for a hand up. We're looking for an opportunity so that talented, hungry, aggressive, hardworking people can capitalize on opportunities. And what we prove today is 
that future is very bright. That future is extremely bright. And I've already heard from people who said, wow, that's, that's amazing that you were able to do that in an hour and a half. Thank you. I, I know what you're saying, but there are people that actually feel that. Like, you did it in an hour and a half. We did this in six years, guys. All of us together. All of you guys that were listening to me when I got my 2006.5 Jetta TDI, drove around Dallas-Fort Worth on my way to Frisco from Arlington every morning and said, if you'll take this ride with me, you'll be surprised how far we'll go. And we have. We've had big moments. The, the day I quit corporate America was a big moment. The day we moved to Arkansas for a brief period of time was a big moment. And the day we moved back here and we now make our home near Azel, Texas, near Eagle Mountain Lake, that was a big deal. The first TSP event we did where we put the Hoogle beds in on the property was a big, a big deal. All the events we've done here have been big deals. Stephen Harris's event with the alternative energy, the Earthworks Workshop, Urban Design, Food Forest Establishment. And this place is a microcosm of what a farm can be in an environment that is almost as hard as it gets. And we're proving it right here on this small scale. And, and now we can prove it on, on a big scale. But today is the biggest thing we've ever done. And it's not because of a dollar amount. It's because of the, the, the vote of confidence that the community has, has taken not just in dollars, but in belief that we can do this. Because all I've heard since I've started teaching about permaculture, and that's been over five years, is you can't do it. It's not possible. You need to have GMOs and sprays and can't do it on a big farm and you has to be monoculture. And this community just said, we don't think so. We don't think so. And I've got something to share with you that's, Really kind of special today. This is actually um, completely unplanned, and I, I, I didn't realize how special this is and how fitting this is till right now. Um, the Jetta Diesel, that car, is, is kind of a symbol of the beginning of this show, but I don't get emotionally attached to vehicles. But I do like symbolism. My wife's been on my back. You know what? I know you don't like spending lots of money, and I don't, um, but we've had that car since 2006. We've had our Dodge truck since 2003. You have a Ford that's from 2005, and I want a new dadgone vehicle, and we need to trade one of these things in. I'm like, oh, you're not trading in my Ford, and I want to keep the Dodge, so I guess the Jetta's got to go. And today, <laughs> I can't believe this when I think about this now, today... We're trading in the Jetta. We're actually getting a Toyota 4Runner. And uh, what a symbolic thing. I know that some of you are like, what is this guy talking about? Because you weren't around in the very beginning. But I drove that car uh, about 100,000 miles of the mileage on that car was, was podcasting miles. Either me podcasting in the morning or listening to myself in the afternoon and critiquing myself to make the show better on the way home. And there were people that wanted me to sell to somebody in the audience. Let me tell you something about that car. Um, I, I drove the crap out of that car. I beat the hell out of that car. And that car's got problems. And I don't want anybody that I care about uh, buying that car for me and ending up with uh, an expensive bill to fix it. And, and the people at Toyota, 
<laughs> have offered me an obscene amount of money for that vehicle based on the condition that it's in, and I'm not going to tell them uh, how how uh, how ridiculous the amount of money they they offered and traded for that car is. I'm just going to let them uh, make the trade. And uh, so today, when we launch Perma Ethos officially with the founding membership program. On that same day, what, a, what, a, what more fitting day could there be for us to say, you know, it's time to take the Jetta and release any emotional attachment to a freaking vehicle and, and let's send it on and let some somebody that wants to kit up a Jetta diesel TDI in a, with a 2006 and a half motor because it's the only, they only made that motor for about six months. So that's probably, Toyota, maybe, maybe the guy's there. And I told him that he might have found a place for it to go already. And maybe that's why they did that. Because there are people that are willing to put all the money into a car like that. And more money than the car's worth, honestly, to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to chip it up and do things like that with it. So anyway, uh, I just thought that was kind of a fitting thing. And I, I didn't realize it till now. Anyway, um, I feel like I'm kind of rambling because I, I don't really know what else to say today. It's, it's not often that I, um, you know, the podcaster that's managed to do a show a day, almost every workday for six years, doesn't, doesn't have a lot to say, but I, I think I'm there today. I, I do want to kind of end with, with this thought. We are going to continue to produce opportunities for people with Perma Ethos. I will absolutely keep my word to you. My partners and I, we shall keep our word to you. And we are going to come up with this, uh, this B course. Uh, Michael Jordan is investing a lot of his own money to put hives on Perma Ethos and set up his operation there. And uh, he's going to uh, actually be working with a local uh, vendor slash meadery uh, to provide them with his product and developing a mead for sale in West Virginia. And part of his course will be, well, how do you how do you do that? How do you... How do you capitalize the, the product of the bee? Not just how do you get the product of the bee. Um, that's, that's the type of thing we're going to do. I, I, like I said, we're, we're looking at some other opportunities. I've already heard from somebody that once we get through this surge of things to come in this summer, um, we're going to have to um, uh, work with or find someone else if it doesn't work out. And that person freaks out every time I say that. But, I mean, I, I don't know yet. But... Uh, that wants to do a, a medicinal herbal plants course. Um, and I think that's an incredible opportunity that can be done on a small scale. What we want to be able to do with Perma Ethos, the, the broader vision that we're coming up with is, is how can we set up basically a three-tier opportunity system. The very small individual person with an acre, half an acre, that wants to do something really intensive and unique and work with us as a trained certified partner and and how do we give that person like a credibility in the marketplace so that they can attract customers they would not otherwise have otherwise our name doesn't mean anything for them and our training doesn't mean that much for them it has to matter to the customer how do we do that and i think i know how we do that i think i know how exactly how we do that how do we you know develop our systems at Elijah Springs and make them transferable to where we can do them elsewhere, and I know how we do that because if I can do that on a place with the with the elevation changes and, and features of Elijah Springs, you give me anything close to flat, buddy, and game over, man. We we've no problem. And and in the middle, 
how do we find people that want to do small community farms, 10, 20, 30 acres? There's a place for that too. I don't think it's our model of a farm steward and two tenant farmers. It might be more of a, a, a single perma ethos person that helps them get set up and gets their operation running and, 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 and builds them. But what I want to build is a network of producers under the perma ethos brand that say we're doing it's permaculture or it's not there. Right? It's, it's beyond organic. It's beyond even my own creation of AgriTrue. It is permaculture or it's not. And if it's not, then it's not part of ethos. And it's community. And it's built together. And there's an identity of, 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 the, of the total community, of the perma ethos community. But there's also the identity right down to the individual farm and the individual person. That every person matters. That when you're buying a Permaethos product, you don't just know the farm, you know the farmer. If you're buying a, a quart of honey, you know the guy that spun it out of the comb for you. And you know that that person is practicing ethical standards with that, with that, with that product. You know, that, 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 that's not honey from an almond grove in California that the bees were on a truck for two weeks to, to go to and didn't want to be there. That when you buy a plant to put into your own backyard or your own or put on your own farm from a producer that says this is a permaethos propagated plant, that it's done in a way that makes that plant healthy and vibrant and you know exactly what you're getting. And you know that every time you do business inside this community, as a member of the community... That's exactly what's happening. You are doing business with your own community. Well, I want to take local, coast to coast. I want this, this to be the largest local community ever created in agriculture in the United States of America. That might sound crazy. But you know what? There's no reason we can't do it. The demand is here. The demand, I, I talk to people every day that would buy better quality, locally produced food if they could get it. The demand exceeds the supply, and will for decades. This is a huge growth market. And I don't think that people are going to get rich doing it or anything like that, but I think they can make a damn good living and actually have a quality of life that doesn't exist in a cubicle or on assembly floors or in assembly lines. Or behind a cash register. And I'm not putting down people that like to do those types of jobs. Some people actually do. But there's a huge segment of our society that feels a hell of a lot more human when their hands touch soil than when their hands touch a keyboard. And I want us to build the opportunity for those people. Because even the people that like the keyboard still want the production. That's what we're going to do. And uh, I know it's short, especially for a Friday. All I can say is thank you. Those of you that are asking if we could sell some more spots, we'll look into it. I don't know. I do want to hear. I want to hear from people on that. I will say, and it's not just so we can make more money for the few people out there that would bother to say something like that. Uh, it's to keep the commitment to the people who said to be a thousand, and so it would definitely cost more than it uh, than it than it did for the people that signed up today. I think we're officially sold out as of right now at 2.02 p.m. That's two hours. 
Um, next, that I just actually talked to Joe about 10 minutes ago. I had to pause for about 10 minutes to help some folks. And uh, it turns out we have 68 spots remaining at about 2.15 in the afternoon. So uh, we sold all but 68 of the 1,000 spots in the first two hours and 15 minutes. Uh, that probably means we'll sell out definitely what, what, in three hours, three hours on a 1,000-person uh, uh, launch or something like this. It's pretty impressive. Um, again, we are thinking about possibly opening it up for a couple hundred uh, on Monday at a, a somewhat increased price just to be um, to keep our word to the people. We said, hey, we're only going to do a thousand of these at, at 300 bucks and uh, expand the opportunity a little bit, let people fix some things. I do want to tell you about um, two things that I think are causing people problem on sign up. Number one, I said this on the air quite a few times already, but and this is not my rule. It's not Permaethos' rule. It's PayPal's rule. Since we're using PayPal as our merchant account, if you are going to want to do three payments instead of a one-time payment, then you have to have a PayPal account. Okay, You have to, and they will not let you do recurring payments through PayPal with a credit card or whatever unless you have an actual PayPal account. The other thing I think is messing up people is people that have a PayPal account that have it linked to their bank account, and they don't keep any money in PayPal. Okay, All the money's in their bank account, and PayPal pulls the money out of your checking or savings account as you spend it, like an electronic transfer. Some banks are coming up with some fraud detection bullshit over that and saying, oh, we don't do that to Texas. One guy emailed me and said there's like three states they don't do it to over fraud detection. If that's you, that could be the problem as well. So if you put some money in your PayPal account... Um, from your bank account, then that might solve the problem. Or if you use a credit card, or if you're like me and you don't use credit cards, if you have a check credit card where it says Visa or MasterCard on it because of your checking account, and you don't use your PayPal account, you just use that card as, as a standalone credit card style transaction, that might solve that problem as well. But those are two things that I, I, I cannot fix. I'm sorry. We don't control them. The other thing that's come up is some people in certain browsers are having issues, or mostly it's been people on phones. Like people are signing up on iPhone with no problem. Certain Android phones are not seeing the – try a different browser, try a different computer. That's, that's all I can tell you. Um, I've also heard from people I'm stuck at work, and I can't do it from work. Man, call somebody that you trust and give them a credit card number or whatever. Ask them to buy it for you and, you know, just put your name. It doesn't matter who pays for it. It just matters whose name is on the account on our end. And it's, especially if it's a one-time payment and you settle up with that person, I, I, you know, it's between you and them. We did have people on the Yahoo email list doing that for each other today because we had some people at jobs where they could not sign up. So we actually had people that said, I'll do it for you. And that was cool to see the community acting that way. Again, thank you guys so much for this. And uh, this is going to be a very, very exciting part of the TSP community as we expand with Permit Ethos. And um, those of you that are like, man, I love my Friday shows, um, tune in next week. We'll have two call-in shows instead of one. I've got this other one all ready to go. It was totally my intention to do this today. I guess I was a little naive uh, on how well this launch would go. And I've still got emails pouring in. I'm just, right now, I'm just watching them pour into my outlook with people asking me for help. Um, I, I, I cleaned them out right before I started recording. Today's show went 39 minutes. I have 152 that made it through this man filter to go through right now. So that tells you what I've got to uh, contend with. 
Again, this has been Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast, thanking you today for helping me to live a better life when times get tough and even if they don't. Sometimes we forget we are what we eat. I don't know the answer. It's like there's nothing I can do. It's the price we pay, I guess, when we follow all the rules. There's a better way to do this. Let me show you a better way. Yeah.